Hello and good evening. Welcome, welcome everyone to Podcasting for Christ. This is Evangelist Stacy Gibson with He's Got the Whole World in His Hands Ministry. And yes, he does. Glory, hallelujah. Praise be to God. He is such a good God. Let's lift up our hands to this holy God and reverence him. And let's give him praise that he is due. Not just today, not just tomorrow, but for all eternity, forever and ever. Tonight's scripture text, we're going to be coming from Luke. 923 Luke 923 tonight's episode is going to be taking up the crutch not the cross taking up the crutch not the cross let's go to the Lord in prayer dear God I love you and I thank you father dear God for all that you do dear God you have been so good to your servants you've been so good to me father dear Lord I thank you for being a God that speaks as loud as thunder I thank you for being a God that can give a small, still voice and give guidance and direction to your servants. I thank you, dear God, for your son, Jesus, Yeshua, Father, dear Lord, who shed his blood on the cross of Calvary for mankind to be saved. And dear God, that that whosoever that's out there, Father, dear Lord, can be saved. And I pray right now, Father, dear Lord, glory be to God that that whosoever that may be listening right now, Father, dear Lord, that they would find salvation today. They would find your son, Jesus Christ. They would find the Mashiach, the Mashiach, the Messiah, Father, dear Lord, tonight and put their faith and trust and hope and confidence in him. I pray, dear God, for the listeners, dear God, that just need a little bit of encouragement. Father, dear Lord, that you do just that. Help me to give them words of encouragement tonight. Dear Lord, I do pray, Father, dear God, for those that are in the center of your will, Father, dear God. I pray for the backslider. I pray for the lost. Dear Lord, that you'd work in each and every one of their lives, dear God, that we would make all, that we all would learn to put you first, put all our hope and faith and trust in you, Father, dear Lord. And I thank you, dear God, for that blood that covers me. Now, Lord, tonight, just for a moment, let me be your mouthpiece. Let me be your speaker. You use me, Father, dear God, to make a grin, a great impact in the lives of others. Lord, help me, dear God, to be the evangelist I need to be. Help me, dear Lord, to be the speaker. Father, dear Lord, I need to be. The preacher I need to be. The podcaster I need to be. The witness I need to be and the light I need to be. I'm going to give you all praise, honor, and glory, Father, dear God, for it's nothing good comes out of me except for you. I'm evil. I'm wicked at heart. Father, dear Lord, if I got what I deserve, I deserve hell. And I beat upon my chest now, Father, dear Lord, saying, be merciful to me, a sinner. But I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a sinner that's covered in the blood. And dear God, I am so thankful that when you look at me, you don't see my sin. <laughs> Amen. You don't see nothing but the blood. Hey, I'm thanking you tonight, Father, giving you all praise, honor, glory. Thanking you for all things. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. In the sweet, precious name of Jesus I pray. In the name of Yahshua I pray. Amen. Uh, you may have noticed I said Amen. I said that because I did some research on that word, amen, and 
and there's Amen Ra that's an Egyptian god and and someone I'd, I'd done some uh, found out that that Amen Amen is really how you actually pronounce a word but if you do a little study on it you'll see it does it still does say Amen and I know right now there's a lot of things like you might hear me say the name of Yahshua because if you do a word study and find out that, that Jesus is not really his name but oh let me tell you God knows who we serve. God knows who his Messiah is. And this is another podcast for another day. <laughs> but I just wanted to clarify that. If you hear me say Amen, I'm not mispronouncing it. I'm actually just God's remembering, uh, bringing to remembrance to me that what the original word Amen is. And if you hear me say Amen or Amen, either one, it doesn't matter. God knows my heart. God knows who I'm lifting up and he knows who I'm saying and really means truly truly that I'm agreeing and I you know and everything but hey do it don't take my word for things you know get your Bibles out do do your own word studies and uh, dive into the scripture and, and help uh, help yourself you know by getting into it and diving into it and everything and, and like I said I, I do believe right now that there's sweet precious name of Jesus Christ and I believe there's power in that name because there's many names given to God. He is Emmanuel. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's our morning star. He's our redeemer. He's our wonderful wonderful counselor, Emmanuel. He's the great I am, Shiloh, the lion of the tribe of Judah. On and on we could go. And he answers to all those names. I guess you could say I'm the son of Willis, the son of Steve. I've also known as Dad. I'm also known as Papa. <laughs> I'm, I'm known, known as Stacy. I'm known as Gibson. I'm known as Gipper. Many names that I have as well. And I have, I have a twin sister named Tracy. And yes, I'll even answer when they call me Tracy. So, so amen. Uh, maybe that clarifies that up for you. But hey, tonight's episode, I'm going to dive right into it. Taking up the crutch. The crutch. Not the cross. Taking up the crutch, not the cross. Luke 9.23 is where our scripture text is going to be from. To get your Bibles out, let's go ahead and get to it. But, you know, first of all, let me say the crutch is a stick with a cross piece at the top. It's used under the armpit to help support a lame person. Now, this is a very important piece for those who are in need of it. Many people today would rather take up the cross, or excuse me, take up the crutch than to take up the cross. Now, according to the DisabilityNewsService.com, an, an horrific amount of stats show how most disability benefit fraud allegations are false. Now, I would think it would be the opposite. I would think that, you know, that they would, you know, because I, I would think we live in a world and, and, you know, and no one, you know, maybe some of these people are being fooled. Maybe the numbers are skewed a little bit. But upon their investigations, they're looking and they're seeing that people are, you know, a lot of people call in and say, you know, this guy says he's got a hurt back and he's disabled. I seen him out cutting his grass. You know, they investigate, find out that was false. Maybe his neighbor just didn't like him or something, right? However, we know that there are those who do abuse this system. They just don't want to work. You know who you are, and I'll say shame on you. Now, I'll bring that up because we're going to talk about that later on in the episode I'm going to bring this back and I'm going to apply it to taking up the crutch and not the cross 
Now Luke 9, 23 tells us, And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross whenever he feels like it. No, it clearly says, and let him, and, and or excuse me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. What is Christ saying? What are we to do? Every day, we are to take up the cross, to take up Christ Jesus. He's our ultimate example of what to do. Every day, he took up his cross. Would you not say that? He took up his cross and done the Father's will, not his own. I could close the episode now. That's enough truth. That's all you need to know right there. But I'll go on. Now, Christ makes a challenge to all the to be faithful in service, to be faithful in prayer and devotion and obedience and understanding in Scripture and denial of our own desires, that our desires line up with His. It's a daily sacrifice to do His will, not our own, just like the fathers did, just like Christ did. Now, Christ arose early every morning to spend quality time with the Father without interruption, no distractions. He secluded himself away from the things of this world so he could be totally focused on the Father to get guidance, direction, and perfect instructions for the day. And and also to get guidance and direction on what the day may bring, what may come of it. Christ was perfectly in tune with the Father and His will. It is called, it is a call to self-denial to the extreme. Now many of us get up every day with our own plans, not even giving thought to what will thou have me to do? Or what will thou have me do? Right? Luke 9, 24 tells us, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Verse 25 goes on to tell us, For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? It is foolish to endeavor things of this world without the counsels of Christ at the helm to attempt to save our lives on earth, only to lose everything. Life is but a vapor, here today and gone tomorrow, when heaven and hell last forever. There's no turning back once we cross over, no going back to do things different, no time to change our ways. All things are done, set in stone, and our work are Our works are either wood, hay, and stubble, or gold, silver, and precious stone. 1 Corinthians 3, 12 and 13. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's works or work of what sort it is. Wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, precious stone. What are your works building on? 
you're going to build that in our works, the Bible makes it clear it's going to be tried by fire. Now, what happens when you put wood, hay, and stubble on the fire? Exactly. These works will become nothing but smoke and ash, worthless, amounting to nothing. We must build upon Christ Jesus and the foundation in which he has already laid. Taking up the cross daily means following Christ completely, even when it leads to unknown, uncharted waters and a path that is not clear. It's a step of faith, just like Abraham took. Abraham was told to sacrifice his only son, the heir of his fortune, the promised son, the seed that would be like the stars of heaven and the sands by the sea. Without hesitation, Abraham did as he was instructed, for he knew God had the power to raise him from the dead. This is why he is our patriarch, the father of our faith. call of Abraham is found in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said to Abram, now I've, I've said Abraham and, I'm, and that's who he was. He was, Abram is Abraham. His name was changed. I'll talk about that in a minute. But Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord ha- had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land I will shew thee. Notice this in itself is a step of faith. God had not revealed where he would go. He goes on to say, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. You know, Abraham, he didn't make a mistake like we all do in trying to make things happen and taking his handmaid Hagar notice this has been 10 years past since the time that God had given him the promised seed and Abraham took matters in his own hand getting ahead of God and not waiting on him I said we often do that ourselves God will give us an answer to our prayers he'll give us a little bit of instruction he tells us what's going to happen and and boy after a few days if it doesn't happen sometimes we have the strength to wait a few weeks and sometimes even a month sometimes even a few years but I I don't know about you but if 10 years went by I think I I might be in the same boat with Abraham and say Lord all right now because he was already well in age before the 10 years were up But it just goes to show you that we just need to put our hope and faith and trust in God. And when he tells us something is written in stone, it's written in gold, and we don't have to doubt, we don't have to fear. We just need to wait patiently. Now, Hagar has a son, Ishmael, and the angel of the Lord tells Hagar that her seed shall be multiplied greatly also like Abraham's seed. And it goes on to state that he will be a wild man. Genesis 16 10 and the angel of the Lord said unto her I will multiply thy seed exceedingly that it shall not be numbered for multitude verse 13 if you go on to verse 13 it says and he will be a wild man his hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren he also had 12 sons that had 12 tribes the Ishmaelites We do not know 
the genetic line of, of Arabs. Uh, we excuse me. We do know that the genetic line of the Arabs today is the Ishmaelites. At least a strong percentage is. The Prophet Muhammad in the Quran said this, and and that he was the descendant himself from the Ishmaelites. Now this theory makes sense because we know. Throughout church history, the Arabs, Muslims, the Arab Arabian Muslims have always been at odds with the Jews. He will be a wild man. Notice I said that. And his hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. So doesn't that make sense? They have now also found out that old records clearly link the northern, the North Arabians with Ishmaelites or Ishmael's descendants. Now, these along with the descendants of Keturah and the children of Esau. Keturah being the second wife of Abraham after Sarah had died. And Esau is Isaac's firstborn, the older brother, the twin brother of Jacob. And we know his birthright was taken from him. He was in trickery and everything. But God blessed Jacob or, and his seed but he also blessed Esau's. So we see the, these nations, and, they, and ever since these things have happened, you know, when we make a mistake, it has a ripple effect. And we know right now they're still fighting over the temple. They're still fighting in the Gaza Strip. They're still fighting, and they will continue to fight. You know, but with all this going on and all, the, and all of this, God renews his covenant with Abraham after he had fallen, after he made the mistake. And Abraham, whose name means exalted father, was changed. Or excuse me, Abram's name, who means exalted father, was changed to Abraham, which means father of many. And as we can learn from all this, that even when we make great mistakes, God can still pick up the pieces and put us back together. And we can press on taking the cross of Christ with us. Taking up that cross, picking up that cross and taking it with us. It is not a matter of if we will make mistakes. It is a matter of when. And when we fail to listen to the voice of God and allow Satan to whisper in our ears, we will be like, we will be like Abraham. And instead of waiting on God, we will try to make things happen by ourselves. Which, as we can see with Abraham, it turned out okay. God still kept his promises. However, consequences are evident even today with all the fighting among the Jews and the Arabs. You know, sin always has its consequences and not waiting on God, not obeying his voice, failure to listen to sin or failure to listen is sin. Thus, we are not taking up the cross, but the crutch. Christ prayed in the garden, not my will, but thine. Christ knew that he was about to face great pain, suffering, humiliation, and the worst of all, separation from the Father. No one wants to suffer. No one wants to go through pain. However, this is the very thing that is needed at times to mature us, to draw us to our knees, to bring us closer to God, and how we can learn to trust in him. 
Pain and suffering gets our attention. It wakes us up. It gets us in God's will and brings us to the realization that we are not alone in our pain and suffering. And we need God's help to carry us through. We can rest knowing that God is our helper and he will give us strength to move forward, to carry on, and to make a difference in this life, to have a great impact in the life of others, in the lives of others. The good news is that we never go through anything without reward. Christ suffering and died on the cross for you and me so that we could have salvation. Yes, it cost him greatly. However, he is seated today at the right hand of the Father and all power is given to him. Matthew 28, 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. We will take up the cross one day. We will be rewarded for our service and become trophies for Christ to display in heaven. Ephesians 2, 7, That in the ages to come he might shew the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Verse 10 goes on to tell us, or verse 10 tells us, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus who unto, unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Hey, let's take a quick break. I'll be right back. All right, welcome back. You know, David had a giant stand before him, and, you know, he feared not because God was with him. He was rewarded greatly, wouldn't you agree? Notice this, 1 Samuel 17, 54, And David took the head of the Philistine and brought him to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. Taking a stand for God may, may not always be easy. However, it will always be rewarding. We will face trials, afflictions, and persecutions. This is inevitable. And how we respond to these makes a huge difference. Should we not suffer as Christ suffered? Should we not suffer in, cheerful, in cheerfulness, knowing that God has considered us worthy? know that when we're in the midst of suffering it is hard to be joyful however this is when we need to get on our knees and find out what's going on why has God allowed this to happen what is the reason for it and what do we need to learn from it believe me there is always a reason first Peter 4 12 and 13 beloved I think think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. their part. He is evil, spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. 
this not what we want? To glorify God? This is why we need to take up the cross, not the crutch. 1 Peter 3.12, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. As I said, it is about self-denial. It's about patience and seeking God's will, not ours, even when it means suffering. We need not worry. God is on our side. He is for us, not against us. And we should not fear at all. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2, But no, but now, thus saith the Lord, that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. We are in God's care, and he will always provide, protect, strengthen, encourage, comfort, and enlighten our way when we are taking up his cross. Carolina Sandelberg, she lived from 1832 to 1903, said this, Day by day, with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment, I have no cause for worry or for fear. He whose heart is kind beyond all measure gives unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it is part of pain and pleasure mingling toll with peace and rest. Ovid, he lived from 43 B.C. to 1718 A.D., said this, Take rest. A field that has rested gives a bountiful crop. Here, let me give you another one. Through sleepless nights and tears falling like rain, my only hope is I know in him I will sustain. I will arise early, though great sleep I have lost or lost. I stand to my feet and take up my cross. Oftentimes it seems too heavy, a burden that I do not wish to bear. So I call upon the Savior, the one I know will always be there. Stacy Gibson wrote that for me. <laughs> Amen. As I've said, Christ suffered and died for us. We must be willing to even take up the cross, even unto death also, ourselves. Now, we may not be facing great persecution yet. <laughs> However, I do believe it's coming. I do believe it is coming and we must be ready we must be ready to do battle and ready to die for the truth and 
many martyrs over the years have been given great strength in time of need. Strength that was shown to the persecutors as they led them to be burned at the stake, fed to the lions, and even as lights for great parties. What do you mean by that? Let me explain. In Nero's garden, Christians were tied to poles with wax shirts on, then set a fire to provide light while he entertained guests at his parties. How sick is that? Blandina, a Christian lady of weak constitution, one who was thought of as one who would not be able to take pain easily, was fed to the lions. However, none of the lions would touch her. She prayed for others as this happened, and this happened to her twice. However, the third time, she was martyred by the lions. Notice twice that the lions wouldn't even touch her because of her prayer, because of her strength, because of her faith in Christ. Abalonia, one who confessed she was a Christian, was tied to a stake and burned as she begged for mercy to be set free. And the mob thought that she was going to recant Christ and let her, and so they, you know, let her go. And they, so they untied her. And to their amazement, that once they unbound her, she leaped back in the fire. She was making a bold statement there. You ain't got to pound me to be in the fire. I'll gladly die for Christ. Now, where does that strength come from? Oh my goodness. It comes from the Lord. I believe that, and I know this for a fact, because in great, great trials and tribulations and times of, of great need, God has strengthened me with a strength that I've never felt before. And I believe right now he'll give that to every martyr, every person that'll stand up for him. Now, I found all of these stories that came from the Fox's uh, Book of Martyrs. Great read. Now, God always seems to give the most strength in the greatest times of need. We all have heard of how Roman soldiers leading Christians to their deaths have seen such great strength and faith in their captors that they fell to their knees and met the same fate. I've told you what it means to take up the cross. Now, let me explain this crutch business. The crutch is something needed for support to those in need. However, it is made by man, thus showing dependence upon man, not God. It is also the substitute for the leg. Let me just tell you, and there's no substitute for the real thing. <laughs> Would you not agree? Now look, listen very closely here. I'm not coming against those who use it physically. I am speaking to those who pick it up metaphorically and spiritually. Those who have two good legs to stand on, but choose to take up the crutch. Remember earlier when I was talking about the crutch and the, and the and the people that abuse the system that are trying to make uh, you know claims that they uh, need disability and there's those allegations coming against those and i said that it's crazy to think that you would think that that there's most people are faking it but through their investigations they found that most of those uh, allegations are false that most of the people that are on disability really need disability 
but also told you there are some exceptions to that rule. Well, I'm going to switch gears now and, and give this same analogy to those that are spiritually taking up the crutch and not the cross, and metaphorically speaking, because I'm going to tell you right now, I believe the numbers are staggering against those that are taking up the cross. I believe right now that many Christians are not taking up the cross, that many Christians, the numbers are are flipped. They're in the complete opposite way and that you'll find in looking at our lives, especially today as we live in that Laodicean church age, that lukewarm church age where people are ruling themselves and not following after God. That many believers are picking up the crutch, the crutch every day the cross. C.S. Lewis said this, a perfect man would never act from a sense of duty. He'd always want the right thing more than the wrong one. Duty is only a substitute for love, love of God and other people, like a crutch, which is the substitute for a leg. Most of us need the crutch at times, but but of course, it is, a, it is idiotic to use the crutch on our own legs looking at our own loved ones or our own loves can do the journey on their own wouldn't you agree that it's foolish and when we can stand on two legs to pick up a crutch let me just tell you it's foolish for us when we can take up the cross to take up the crutch Many times in my life, I felt obligated to pray. I felt obligated to read God's word, even share the gospel out of duty alone, as if it was a chore, a routine task, an unpleasant but necessary task. I had to go to church. I had to give my tithe. I had to be a nice person, and I had to live right, or God was not going to love me or bless me. My walk with with God was out of a sense of duty like getting up daily and going to my job or something I was daily taking up the crutch and it showed it showed in my spirit it showed in my joy and my peace and sure I had times of joy but never in suffering sure my spirit was filled in times of blessing but not in time of need my peace was not there however my peace was there but however it did not pass all understanding Why did I find myself daily picking up this crutch? I was repeating the same sins over and over again with no true repentance. Why was I so envious of Joseph who had great favor with God and ran from sin? It's not out of duty, but because he wanted to do the right thing. He loved God and did not want to sin against him. Amen. Let, let me explain. Let me go in more detail in tonight's bottom line. We serve a God that is holy. And when we treat him like a genie in a bottle, irreverence him by calling him the man upstairs. When we call on him like some bobblehead Jesus, agreeing with our every want and wish, 
when we pray five minutes a day and think that we are prayed up, when we fail to bow before Him in reverence, when we stop praying and fail to listen to His counsels, when we read daily devotionals and fail to let God lead us in His Word beyond our time of convenience. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with devotionals, but if that's all you're reading, you think you just get up and read your little daily devotional and you think you've got enough of God's Word in you for the day. That's all I'm talking about. When we never acknowledge Him, praise Him, speak to Him, to others, and spend countless hours in front of the television, keep back in our recliners, our bellies stuffed while others are hungry, a roof over our heads while many are homeless, while we buy the latest and greatest luxuries, while orphanages are struggling to feed the children. Brother of Christ said it, said it best. James 2, 15 and 16. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, and be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Thus you are daily taking up the crutch, not the cross. Now, I've explained in great detail what taking up the crutch is. And I've explained in great detail what taking up the cross is. And then how if you'll just take that step of faith and take that crutch and throw it away. Break it into a million pieces. Cut it up. Use it for firewood. If you'll pick up your cross every day, you'll find it. You'll get that peace that passeth all understanding. you'll have a true joy in your spirit. Even in amidst suffering, you'll be filled. You'll be free. Amen. Glory, hallelujah, you'll be free. God loves you. God will be on your side. You'll, you'll find great favor as Joseph did. I often pray that. That's why I mentioned Joseph. Joseph was one that ran from sin and that's what you'll do when you when you're reverencing God when you realize how holy he is when you get on your knees and pray when you're ta daily taking up the cross you'll be like Joseph and you'll run from sin and the Bible teaches us that Joseph had great favor in the sight of God you know I want great favor don't you If you don't know Christ Jesus tonight, if you don't name, know the name of Yahshua, I ask you now to get on your knees and ask him into your heart. And I'm asking you to do one simple thing. I'm asking you just to believe. Believe in the name of Christ Jesus. Believe in the only begotten Son. Believe in God's Word. Get it out. Start reading it. Call on him. You could be one of those whosoevers. He'll save your soul. He'll change your life. And as you grow, you'll get you'll gain strength. And you'll be in heaven one day, singing and glorifying and praising God with all the saints and all the angels. Never to be separated from God again. 
Is this life going to be easy for you? Absolutely not. You may even become one of the martyrs that I've spoken of tonight. Because believe me, the persecutions are coming. America has been blessed too long. We can't continue to murder babies. We can't continue to allow sex trafficking and slave labor to go on. And yes, I believe there's politicians and rich and powerful people that are involved in this, making this happen. We can't continue to treat God like the man upstairs and not reverence him. We can't continue to treat him like a genie in a bottle. We just call on him whenever we have a great need. We need to call on him every day. And we need to be prepared to be soldiers. We need to put on the whole armor of God. Every day. And be prepared to do battle. And suffer for Christ if necessary. And even unto death. Knowing that great will be our reward. If we'll do so great will be our reward let me tell you something we can have a great life down here there's no doubt about that but don't you want to lay your treasures up in heaven again I'm speaking to you if you're lost out there call on the name of Jesus call on Christ if you're backslidden I'm, I'm speaking to you right now get back on fire get down on your knees call out to God ask for forgiveness let me tell you something in my prayers daily now I'm asking God to forgive me for years years of wasted service years of wasted time that I could have been oh I think about where I could be today I'd only listen to God if I'd only taken heed and, and stop doing things my way and that's after salvation yeah I'm talking to the believer tonight for many of us that's what we're doing oh we've called on Christ we've got salvation we think we're we're part of his family and yes we are but then we just fail to listen to God we fail to be obedient we fail God every day by just getting up and becoming our own gods doing what we want to do, not trusting in Him, doubting Him. Hey, if you're listening and you're in the center of God's will, God bless you. I pray that God open up the windows of heaven and pour a blessing upon you you can't contain. And I'm telling you now, right now, it's God's will for you right now to take up your cross every day. Lord, I pray right now, Father, dear God, for all the listeners. I pray for everyone out there, Father, dear Lord, that's lost, that they find salvation. I pray for the homeless. I pray for the orphans. I pray for America. I pray for the politicians. I pray for all the, the children that are called up or are being taken away and from their homes and families, dear God, and, and snatched away, Father, dear Lord, into sex trafficking or slave labor. I pray for all the children that are being abused, Father, dear Lord, in homes. Pray for the hungry. Dear Lord, as, as James said, Father, dear God, and made it clear, dear God, I, I need to put some legs with these prayers, Father, dear Lord, we all do. We need to do our part to help. We need to take up our cross, Father, dear Lord, and throw away the crutch. 
And Lord, it's my prayer that each and every person that's listening to me, Father, dear God, would take this episode and please let them share it. Please help me to get this episode all over the globe, Father, dear God. Let me let this truth ring out, not for my namesake, but for your namesake, Lord. And I thank you, Father, dear God, for using me as your mouthpiece. I thank you, Father, dear God, for giving me a voice that would be a voice crying out, Father, dear God, even if it's in the wilderness, even if it's only to a handful of people, Father, dear God. Let it make a great impact on those. And I'm going to give you all praise, all honor and glory in Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Hey, thank you for listening tonight. You've been listening to Podcasting for Christ. This is Evangelist Stacy Gibson with He's Got the Whole World in His Hands Ministry. And I got a good one already prepared. God's already gave me liberty to go ahead and talk to you next week about roller coaster. <laughs> hey, tune in with me next week. God bless. Have a good evening.